1: Literally, right now, as I sit in the newsroom, there's three people here. I think how this newsroom looked eight weeks ago will never come back. It will never look the same.
0: Running a newsroom during a pandemic. How do journalists decide what to cover, how to cover it all while moving almost an entire news operation into employees' living rooms, or in some cases, their basements? Today, we're talking to our boss. From the Fox 6 Studios, this is Open Record. I'm Brian Polson here once again with my colleague, Amanda St. Hilaire. Good morning, Amanda.
2: Hi, Brian. Happy Monday.
0: Happy Monday. So we're bringing you new episodes of Open Record each day, Monday through Friday, to make it easier to sort through this bombardment of coronavirus news.
2: We are recording this episode on May 4th, 2020, and today we're taking you behind the scenes of the big decisions news operations all over the country are making. Our guest, as Brian mentioned, is our boss, Fox 6 News Director Jim Wilson. Hi, Jim.
1: Hey, guys. How are you doing this morning?
2: We're good. We know you've been a busy guy. Can you walk us through at the beginning when the coronavirus pandemic was becoming much more serious At what point and how did you make the decision to say okay we've got to shift our operations out of the Fox 6 building?
1: Well it kind of started I mean it really started when things started heating up in China right we were doing the occasional story pretty much a story a day or maybe every other day and I was looking at that going holy cow this is going to be a big deal if it gets you know across the ocean and so um, it did obviously, and then it uh, was bearing down on Wisconsin, so to speak and that 's when we decided hey we need to we need to take some some action here and what we did was uh, we devised a plan, and it literally was within twenty four hour plan of of trying to get people out of the building, and you can only imagine the logistical challenges and the Planning that had to go in for that. So, right off the bat, it was pretty much (laughs) seven days a week for me for a good three to four weeks uh, of trying to plan for this thing.
0: Jim, you've been uh, the news director since just last summer, and then suddenly something like this comes up. But prior to that, you've been with Fox 6 News for a long, long time. Uh, In fact, before it was Fox 6 News, when it was TV6, you go back uh, many, many years. You've been through so many cycles of technology. I imagine in the past, many, many years ago, this wouldn't have even been possible to move a newsroom outside the building.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was barely possible now, right? I mean, you have so much more equipment that you need for uh, this kind of a move. And uh, while we've done a little bit of remote work here over the years, uh, certainly nothing to this extent, and so the biggest challenge I think was just finding the equipment that we could use for people in their homes uh so they could continue to do their job and I think we did a pretty good job of it. It uh it definitely uh caused a few more gray hairs for sure uh trying to figure it all out, but I think I, I think we managed to get there.
2: From a coverage standpoint as journalists, we want to make sure we're conveying the correct sense of urgency, that we're not overhyping something, but also that we're not underselling it. So as news director, what's on your mind as you're thinking about what we cover when it comes to COVID-19 and how we cover it?
1: Well, I think you stick with your basics, right? I think you you stick with the basics of just being fair and balanced and trying to do those stories that people... Uh, are interested in or maybe they even need to know about. Uh, We get a lot of phone calls, we get a lot of emails of people who are struggling with things like unemployment, they're struggling with stimulus checks, they're struggling with health care. So of course those are kind of the three tenets that we're really focusing a lot of what we do off of, but I just want to make sure that we're out there uh, serving the public as best we can and that uh, we're actually doing stories that they care about. So uh, it's been pretty easy, to be honest, to decide what we're going to do and what we're not going to do because people have reacted to this in ways that we've never seen before, right? They are very concerned about this. They are, like I said, emailing, calling every single day about some of the issues that uh, they're facing, and we look into them, and uh, we go get them
0: from a coverage standpoint, it must be challenging too. People are watching us as much as we're watching everyone else. And they are looking, they want to make sure we are not in the position of do as we say, not as we do. So when we cover people and talk about keeping a six foot social distance, wearing masks in appropriate places, not having, you know, congregating in large numbers in small spaces, we get a lot of calls from uh, people who are concerned that maybe their workplace isn't doing enough. And and I recognize uh, that Fox six news has done a lot did things very early on in this that maybe other workplaces weren't even doing in terms of thinking about getting people out of the office but do you face that on a day to day basis being concerned that people are watching our coverage and sort of judging are we doing some of the things we're telling people not to do.
1: Well, I think, you know, no plan is exactly perfect, right? So we go out there and do the best that we possibly can. And I'm giving people a lot of uh, latitude in making their own decisions. I'm not telling them when they have to wear a mask, when they don't have to wear a mask. I expect them to use good judgment. That's kind of our rule number one around here is use your best judgment. And, yeah, while we got out quickly, I mean, literally right now, as I sit in the newsroom, there's three people here. You know, this time on, you know, two months ago this time, there would have been probably upwards of 20 people sitting in the newsroom at this particular point in time, and there'd been a lot more coming in the next hour or so uh, in the past. Uh, But I kind of see those days are are over, right, because um, as much as you you know want things to get back to normal, the question will be, when will it get back to normal, and is there a new normal? My guess is there's going to be a new normal, and that's going to require, at least from our operation, uh, less people in the building and more people working remotely where they can. And if other businesses, um, some are doing great jobs, some, uh, you know, we're getting ideas ourselves from some of the businesses out there that are showing, you know, innovative ways to social distance. Uh, But at the end of the day, for us, you know, we're doing our interviews either with mic stands standing 10, 15 feet back or we're using uh, poles with the mic on the end of it from at least six feet away. So we're doing a good job of keeping our social distance. It was something that was kind of priority number one uh, when we first started going remote uh, probably probably seven, eight weeks ago now. So I feel like, you know, we're doing a pretty good job. Yeah, there are some circumstances we get out there and, you know, maybe we, you know, should have wore a mask. Maybe we should have walked away because there's so many, you know, people running around. But those are all decisions that are going to be made on the ground, right? Those are going to be made by the reporters and the photographers who are out there covering. So at any time, if they feel like they're not in a good situation, they have, you know, the freedom to walk away.
2: From a leadership standpoint, what's been the most challenging aspect of all of this, beyond the logistics of getting people set up, in terms of actually continuing to manage people and watch morale, what's been the biggest challenge for you?
1: Uh, Absolutely the people, right? I mean, it is, I am on probably seven or eight Zoom calls a day, uh, dealing either with corporate people or uh, people in the newsroom, doing meetings, editorial meetings, all those things. Uh, but the biggest challenge, the biggest surprise to me is how this pandemic has impacted people, right? There are some people that are you know, rock solid on Monday, and then you talk to them on Tuesday, and they're not rock solid anymore, right? This thing hits everybody in a different way. And one of the things that I vowed to do from the get-go was I was going to meet people where they are at in all this, right? So if you're somebody that really struggles, you know, I am going to do everything I can do to try to make sure that you can do your job without feeling like you're going to be overcome or overwhelmed uh, by the situation. And um, that's worked out pretty well for us. It's a wide range of people. No two people think of this thing in the same way, I don't think. But that that has been one big challenge because, as you know, we have a lot of people in our newsroom, and I try to hook up with every one of them every week at least once, uh, and it just takes a lot of, a lot of time and, and planning for the logistical part of
0: that. Breaking news is obviously a huge part of what we do. And, and in your career, Jim, I know you've been a part of some pretty major breaking news situations, but those typically last a matter of hours, maybe a matter of days. This is going on now for months. How different is it to manage what is essentially a months-long breaking news situation, particularly when you talk about some of those personnel things, the the, the, the fear of burnout, of people working working, too long and too hard in a situation that's just not normal how how do you manage that
2: including you right i mean you're on all the time so there's also a managerial concern about your own welfare
1: yeah one of the things i'm encouraging people to do is you know you really got to think about self-care in a situation like this right because you never have an opportunity to unplug i mean you're just in it day in and day out, every minute, every hour of the day. And if you don't do something to try to take care of yourself, if you don't do something to try to unplug, uh, it can really get the best of you. And I've seen it get the best of some of our people, no doubt about it. Um, and who who could blame them? I mean, it is overwhelming. But at some point, you, you know, we have a high responsibility here to keep the public informed of what's going on. And we push through and we take our, you know, our time, our self-care uh, when we can. I actually uh, uh, unplugged and watch a newscast for the first time in like three years uh, <laughs> uh, last Friday or the Friday before. And uh, it, it worked. It helped. I mean, just be able to step away from it and just do something, gardening, whatever, uh, made a huge, huge difference for me.
0: Well, that brings a good question of what does Jim Wilson do to unplug?
1: Uh, I only watch two newscasts a day instead <laughs> of like five. <laughs> Put on a flannel shirt, you know that it's kind lot, of thing. A lot
2: of restraint, Jim.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, for sure.
2: Look, looking at this situation, what's one thing you think our station did? really well when it comes to coverage of this pandemic? And what's one thing that you think was a learning opportunity for going forward, where maybe if you had to go back and do it again, there are some things you'd change?
1: I would say that uh, the one thing I've been most proud of is how our team has responded to all this, right? I think we have done a great job of storytelling. That's what we've always based our news on, as being really good storytellers. And Despite all the challenges that you have in uh, you know facing how to how to tell a story in this environment I think we have done a, an excellent job of telling really compelling stories that impact people that have emotion that have you know the kind of information that people need to try to help themselves in life so that's the one thing that I've been most impressed with and most proud of for us the one thing that's a little bit of a challenge. Is there's so much of it out there. I mean, we do probably anywhere from eight to 15 stories a day. Um, and there's probably another five, six, seven, eight stories out there that we think are great stories that we just don't have the personnel to get to. I mean, that's a little bit frustrating, right? I mean, we keep doing them, we put them in the you know in the hopper for the next day and we try to do them then but there's always another bunch of great stories that pop up so there's probably a story or two that has slipped through the cracks that is a really good story that's really important that we just haven't gotten to that really impacted somebody or a group of people and um you know you wish you had double the staff but you know that's not the reality of of what we're doing so you know, we're trying to get to all those great stories. We're trying to get to those stories that people are sending in and saying, "Hey, you know, I have this really unique situation. Uh, you know, and I try to call for, you know, unemployment for 900 calls I've made, and I can't get through to anybody. I mean, we do those types of stories, but the story about the guy who wants to get his park sticker, who you know, is called a hundred times just trying to get the park sticker." You know, we haven't quite gotten to that story yet, but hopefully we will.
0: With so many people out there who believe this has been blown out of proportion or think that maybe we're uh, reporting on this uh, and making a bigger deal out of it than it really is, how do you balance that as, as news director?
1: Again, I go back to the two things that we're all about here, and that's being fair and being balanced. So we look at every story and we try to get both sides or all sides uh, sometimes there 's more than two sides to a story, and we try to you know put that out there in a story that makes sense i don 't think you can make much of an argument to say this isn 't a big deal it's it 's a huge deal um but you know for those people who say well you're you 're pro this or you 're anti this it's, it's a balancing act, but it's something that, you know, if the governor has something to say, we're going to report on it. You know, we're going to report on it. And if we can get response from those who may oppose it, uh, we'll do that. And then sometimes we'll go out and we do stories on protesters who are against say something the governor's uh, for you know, there's a short-term balance, and that is trying to balance a story. And then there's kind of a newscast balance, right? You want to make sure within your newscast you have all the different things uh, that are out there in a day that people are saying and thinking about particular subjects. And then there's just kind of your, your mission, so to speak, as a television station, as a news department, where you try to, you know, balance things for the long term as well. So, well i get it's frustrating and it may seem like sometimes that we're a little heavier into one particular topic or viewpoint uh, than another yeah it's difficult because if the if the governor's going to come out and say something about covid-19 which he does about 3 days a week we're going to take that every single time and are we going to get the um, you know the response from You know, whoever's against whatever the governor is saying, yeah, we always try to do that. But sometimes we're just talking about, okay, here's the next step in the process, okay? So we're going to report that next step in the process. There's not a whole lot of, of balance in a story like that, so to speak, right? Because he's just telling us what the next steps are. You can probably find somebody who's against those steps. You can probably find somebody who's for those steps. But the information getting out... That's kind of the key part of all this, as far as I'm concerned.
2: Well, and when we're talking about an issue like health, there's an added layer of complication to that, right? So we're not going to give the same weight to what um, public health leaders say or what an epidemiologist says to a random person on the street saying, hey, I think this virus came from Godzilla. So it's also part of that balance is giving appropriate weight, I would think, to who is saying what and where that information is coming from.
1: Absolutely true. And you guys know that better than anybody because in the investigative part of this, you guys have had to deal with situations that maybe um, you can't get all sides of a story, right? If we're doing stories about the conditions in a workplace and you're talking to Uh, employees who are not happy about the work situation. We always make calls, we always ask for statements, we always ask for Zoom calls uh, of administrators of whatever the the business might be and sometimes they're not eager to play ball on it and then we go with you know maybe their statement or we go with you know we find another independent expert that maybe can help walk us through a situation. But it's it's not like, you know, we ask people, hey, we need a response from you, and they just say, oh, okay, great, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be right down to give you a response. <laughs> that right? would be great, a it, Yeah, a lot of it's digging and digging and doing more digging just to try to balance it as best you can. But at some point, the information of the story uh, is the compelling factor, and you go with, you know, what you have.
0: I do think it's it's often easy, uh, as you said, on a small scale and short term, for any viewer to see something we are covering, um, and and interpret that as uh, Fox 6 News agreeing with a particular point of view, when in fact we're the messenger of a point of view. What I can say for sure is that when we are in news meetings, and we and there are story ideas flying. I mean, there there's more to cover. With this pandemic, then we have the resources to report. But when the major points stick out from any point of view, whether that's there are protesters who are going to be in Brookfield and they're going to be talking about uh, wanting an end to this uh, state safer at home order or it's the governor's going to be speaking at three o'clock today or whatever that may be those stories rise to the top pretty quickly. And and the point of view isn't really what stands out. It's, is this a substantial development? Is this something our viewers need to know? And and it seems to me in listening in on those meetings day after day, um, not only have we been on top of those major ones, but it's been pretty remarkable the number of what I would maybe call some of the side stories we've been able to get in some of those smaller things. And they might be feel-good things. It might be a community of people singing out their window. Uh, but but we've gotten a tremendous amount of news on the air. And as you said, even at that, there are things that are sort of left on the the idea table each day.
1: Yeah, I mean, we've been committed to that particular thing from the very get-go. Okay, we're going to find stories about people helping people. And as far as I'm concerned, those are important stories as well. So again, you only have so many resources throughout a day, and you pick and choose what you're going to do. And There's a number of people out there that think this is overblown, this is nothing, it's always negative, it's, you guys are fear mongers and things like that. But I listen to those comments, but I just disagree with them, right, because we do spend a tremendous amount of time trying to find those stories about people that give other people hope or give them a smile on their face or give them something that's a distraction from, you know, the overall number story that we do every day about the number of cases and the number of deaths and you know the percentages of uh, people recovered all those numbers we try to give them some alternative every single day and uh, hopefully Uh, That's resonating with people out there.
2: You hinted at this a little earlier, but I want to press you a little more on it. What changes of all of this from the way local TV news operates do you think are here to stay?
1: I think how this newsroom looked eight weeks ago will never come back. It will never look the same. Uh, I think we will have uh, a lot more people remote. I think in some cases it works even better. Uh, than people being here. And in some cases, it's just a necessity. Um, I I don't ever foresee a packed wall-to-wall newsroom in here anymore um, moving forward, uh, at at least until, you know, we are totally through this pandemic. And that probably means uh, vaccines. But the fact of the matter is, if you Uh, look at our uh, morning meetings and our afternoon meetings we have a lot more participation uh, on zoom calls than we've ever had in in, with in-person story meetings so why do you think that 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 was something uh, I think it's access it's it's a little bit easier there you don't have to commute you can just jump on you can jump on while you're doing the dishes right To, to do a zoom call that doesn't take a whole lot to just get on and listen and maybe you have something today or something to say or maybe you don't at the end of the day it just seems like a much more efficient way of doing it it gives us an opportunity to all get together but the big thing for me on that is just all the people who are on there that are not were not normally in an editorial meeting uh, photographers some editors all anchors you know there's things there that you don't have to do anymore like commuting That gives you just a little bit more time to get involved on that and I like the fact that we're bouncing back and forth and throwing out ideas and saying oh hey I know somebody on that or hey I can help you with that it just uh, gives people a freedom to um, contribute in ways that we just hadn't seen before. So, well, I, I can a, certainly
0: say from from our, just watching this, there have been people who have been on the way. You've already sent out the stories, or Julie has sent out the stories, uh, and and they're participating in a meeting while they're on the road right. instead of waiting to go out the door at you know ten thirty or whatever time it might be when that meeting wraps up. It's certainly been more efficient from a coverage standpoint.
1: Yeah, I mean that's the beauty of all this, right? You can do. You can do these meetings and still be doing something else, like driving to a story, or, you know, like I said, just doing something around the house that you need to do. So, it has allowed us a a a bit of efficiency, I guess, that really wasn't there uh, in the past. And just from a safety standpoint, you know, we want to make sure that we continue social distancing. This isn't going to just And, you know, in a few weeks, and we're not going to to take any precautions. We're going to take precautions moving forward, and part of that will most likely be, you know, six-foot distancing, you know, at a minimum for quite some time, and as you guys know by the configuration of our newsroom, that's not possible uh, to have everybody back in. So I have to figure out who the people that need to be here will be here, and those who can work remotely will continue to work remotely.
2: From a financial standpoint, almost every industry has been impacted by COVID-19. What does that look like for TV news? Because as a lot of people who are listening to this right now may be aware, a lot of that money comes in from advertising and you have businesses that are getting hit hard that aren't going to have that ad money.
1: Right. I mean, it's all connected, right? From the local level to the national level, it's all connected. Television stations, as a general rule, are are getting hit pretty pretty hard. You've seen uh, in some of the trades that uh, some uh, companies are furloughing people. They're laying people off. uh, They're doing all kinds of things to try to you know, stop the bleeding, so to speak, of uh, what is going to be the biggest financial impact to ever hit our industry. It'll be very interesting to see how this plays out in the end.
0: Well, this is so many businesses right now that are taking the revenue hits can also scale back operations. It almost seems like it's it's a double whammy for television news and that you're almost expanding operations because there have been all of these investments in whatever equipment it takes to get people out remotely. The news coverage has only expanded in terms of what needs to be covered. And yet you're going to see that decline in the revenue raising because businesses just won't have the money for that ad ad revenue that we've seen in the past.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. But I will take my hat off to Fox Corporation, who owns us. I mean, they have done everything in their power to try to make sure that we can perform at peak efficiency. Uh, They've taken care of their employees very well. They're getting us the equipment that we need. And it has always been a safety first. Let's take care of people first, and then we'll look at the profits second. At some point, obviously, we're going to you know we're going to get down to okay this is this is ramping down and then what's what's the industry going to look like but in this time of crisis i mean fox has been absolutely awesome about taking care of its employees and making sure uh, that uh, we can work remotely and not really worrying too much about what it's costing to do it
2: we know you have things to do so we want to let you go but before that one final question if you could go back in time and tell a young Jim Wilson anything to prepare for this, any kind of skill you would need, any mantra you need to keep in mind, what what would you say?
1: Well, one thing would be patience, that's for sure, <laughs> because uh, as TV journalists, we are pretty good at rolling with the punches, right? That's kind of what we do. That's part of our makeup is the kind of people that get into this industry. You've really had to think on your feet in a situation like this on how to best cover the story, keep yourself safe, deal with the just immense stress that is going on with it, and and the uncertainty about all of it, right, when it's all said and done, because you don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. just when you think you do, you don't, right? Something crazy happens the following day. So I guess my advice to a young Jim Wilson, and man, that's a long time ago, i tell you that, is...
2: <laughs> younger. You know, we'll say younger.
1: Have, a, uh, have passion for what you do and just always try to do the right thing. Regardless of whatever situation you are, are in, do the right thing. Do the best you can do, and let the chips fall where they may. Because if you overthink this stuff, if you really are out there going, oh, I didn't do this and I didn't do that, you're kind of missing the point, right? What we're doing right now is a huge service to the public, right? These are important stories, uh, matters to people. Uh, We are considered first responders uh, as part of the media, and it's it's a high calling. It's something that's important. It's something that's making a difference out there. So sometimes you you know you get these great ideas of just wanting to be a, a difference maker, and I certainly was there when I first got into this, and I still am. Uh, but seize the opportunity, right? Because this is a tremendous opportunity to serve the public, and uh, thankfully, I believe Fox Six has just done a great job uh, of doing uh, the best we can do in a very tough uh, set of circumstances.
0: Well, when you get to have your boss on your podcast, um, I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, take the opportunity to brown nose a little bit and say <laughs> that we You're think good at you've that, done and we all know that. <laughs> we think you've done a phenomenal job and to think that you you took the helm uh uh, as news director just last summer thinking that 2020's greatest logistical challenge was going to be preparing for the coverage of a of a a major political convention and that in itself would have been a logistical challenge but wow what you had to deal with and i just think uh you know amanda and i can probably both say i don't want to speak for amanda but the the uh the the way that this has been handled um i think we feel well taken care of and uh and the newsroom boys have Viewer, I, I think you wouldn't know what's gone on behind the scenes just to make this happen, and it's uh, it's been fascinating to be a part of. It definitely is a lot of work. The days are longer, but it's rewarding at the end of the day to know that you're you're bringing one of the biggest stories we've ever covered to people, and uh, and and getting the kind of support that we need to do it
1: well brian i appreciate that i mean it takes it takes a village right i mean there's the management team here has been you know working their tails off and it's not just one person it is you know the collective group of people from from the management uh to the reporters and photographers in the field to the editors i mean it's everybody all all you know parts of our group uh together but uh you know, we'll keep going as long as it keeps going. That's uh, that's our commitment out there to make sure that we are getting those stories that people want to see and want to and need to know uh, as we move forward.
2: All right. Well, thanks, Jim, for everything you're doing um, as our news director, but also for taking us through some of that decision making on the podcast. We really appreciate it.
1: Okay, guys. Have a great day.
2: You too. Bye, Jim. Yep. Bye. And we're going to continue bringing you more frequent episodes of Open Record as we cover the COVID 19 pandemic. If there's a topic you want us to discuss, an issue you think we should investigate, please send us an email at theinvestigators at foxsixnow.com. That's theinvestigators at foxsixnow.com.
0: Thank you, as always, to the people who make this podcast possible. Producer Pete. Dave Machuda, Suzanne Barthel, and Sarah Smith. And please subscribe to Open Record if you haven't already. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. I'm Brian Polson for Amanda St. Hilaire. We'll be back again tomorrow.